If you're sitting there and you're steaming through life at the steady 23 knots, remember. Remember, say this morning, may well be of value to you, if not today. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next month. You see, the verse that I want to leave with you all this morning is a verse for those at red alert, or those who could be at red alert. And that means you, and it means me. What's the verse? Well, our text this morning is Psalm 108, verse 12. Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. You know, it's a good thing when sorrow, when trial, when difficulty leads us to prayer. Is it not true that sometimes we try to bear trouble alone? Sometimes in a very fretful spirit, sometimes with great impatience we try to bear it. And of course, sometimes we're tempted to rely on our own strength or maybe that of the family or our friends, those that we know. How much better instead to cherish this text. Give us help from trouble. For vain is the help of man. You see, without God's help, trouble will often baffle and often bamboozle us. We need the help of our Heavenly Father to sustain us in trouble. And you know what? Perhaps even make the greatest of troubles to be the greatest of blessings to us. So before we look at the text, let's just set a little bit of context. Psalm 108 is a very, very interesting psalm. Its theme really is victory. Victory in God's strength. But something else that we need to notice about Psalm 108, and it's just this, it contains absolutely no new material whatsoever. None. If you look at verses 1 to 5, you'll see that they're a direct copy. A direct copy of Psalm 57, verses 7 to 11. If you look at verses 6 to 13 of Psalm 108, you'll find that they're a direct copy as well. They're a direct copy of Psalm 60, verses 4 to 12. So, our text today is not just Psalm 108, verse 12, it's also Psalm 60, verse 11. It's as if God has decided that this message in this psalm is so important that he's put it in twice to make sure we don't miss it. Yes, this psalm is very important. There's three things in this text, Psalm 108, verse 12, I want you to notice. First one's this. It's a common experience. A common experience. Trouble. Second thing, there's a resource that's available. Help. And then there is an evident truth. Vain is the help of man. So, we begin with a common experience. Trouble. Now, trouble is a big word. Trouble is a comprehensive word. Trouble comes in many shapes, many forms, many guises, 
But my first guarantee to you this morning is just this. Trouble will come. Trouble will come. We see it there in Job chapter 5 verse 7. Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upwards. Let's think for a moment on some of the sorts of trouble that you and I might have to face or perhaps even right at this very moment you are facing. First thing, what about bodily trouble? Bodily trouble. You see, sin has sown the seeds of disease, the seeds of decay in the human system. And what's the result? Well, the result is a terrible harvest, a harvest of pain and physical suffering. Whatever part of the body you look at, you notice that it's vulnerable, it's frail, it's liable to malfunction, it's susceptible to disease and disorder. And sometimes these bodily troubles, they're severe, aren't they? Sometimes they accumulate one on top of the other. Sometimes they become prolonged. And often, they're incurable by human agency. But this isn't new. The scriptures give us many examples of people who experienced bodily trouble. The psalmist did. Look at Psalm 77 for a moment at verse 2. Psalm 77 at verse 2. Where David says, In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. Yes, the psalmist knew what bodily trouble was like to have a sore. And of course, he's not the only one. Look at the book of Job. Job chapter 7 at verse 3. Where Job says, So I am made to possess months of vanity and wearisome nights are appointed to me. When I lie down, I say, When shall I arise and the night be gone? And I am full of tossings to and fro unto the dawning of the day. My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. Yes, men, women, in Old Testament and New Testament times knew what it was to suffer bodily troubles. And today, you and I may be facing just the same. What other sorts of trouble might there be? What about family trouble? Family trouble, our families, how great the troubles in our families can be. All sorts of things. And I suppose in many ways it comes down to this. Change. Change is written over all our lives. We sang it there actually in that hymn, Abide With Me. Change and decay in all around I see. And often we see change and decay in our family 
circles, people subject to illness. And indeed, bereavement is something which often seems to darken the paths of the righteous. But again, that's not new. We see it in scripture. Think of the storm that left Job childless in the space of an hour. Think of Abraham mourning over Sarah. Think of Jacob mourning over Rachel. Think of David mourning over Absalom and over his little tiny baby. See those sisters at Bethany, just overwhelmed. Overwhelmed with distress at the death of their brother Lazarus. And that's a bitter cup that comes to us all. But family trouble can take many other guises as well. Let's just pick one more. It's a distressing thing. A distressing thing for us if we see rebellion against God in our family circles. To see maybe our nearest and dearest with a contempt for and a hostility towards the things of God. Well, you know, the best of men, the most devoted of parents, have suffered this way. Adam and Eve experienced it when their firstborn son became an envious hater and ultimately murderer of his brother. Jacob experienced it. Eli experienced it. David experienced it. And so it may be for you just now. Because it's still a, a common experience for godly parents today. We could talk more about fast move on. Because there's church trouble. And there's national trouble as well. These two are often linked. The ark of God may be in exile. The house of God can be in ruins. The church and the country may be at a low ebb spiritually. And how great a trouble that can be for the true child of God. Again, it's not new. David experienced it. The house of God and God's laws were his delight. But Nehemiah was another who felt these things. Do you remember Nehemiah when he got news about the city of Jerusalem being in ruins? What did he say? Nehemiah 1 verse 4. It came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Yes, Nehemiah was another who knew church trouble, family trouble, who knew uh, national trouble. Terrible thing. Terrible thing. He felt for God's cause in a day of small things. And Christian, you may feel the same. That this time in which we live, it's a time of spiritual declension, a time of departure from God's word. As we were saying to the boys and girls, it's a time when good is made out to be bad and bad is made out to be good. And these things should be troubling us. Yes. Somebody else experienced it in the Bible. It was Jeremiah. Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations, Lamentations 3 verse 48. He says this. 
Mine eye runneth down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without any intermission. Yes, he was another who knew what it was like to live in a time of spiritual decline, to live in a day of national decline. Bodily trouble, family trouble, church trouble, national trouble. What about spiritual trouble? Spiritual trouble. Now, there's a good spiritual trouble. It's a spiritual trouble that begins with a realization of our sin and a weeping for it. A spiritual trouble that leads to a brokenness of spirit that leads us ultimately to the cross and to the comforts and the joys of salvation. But there's other spiritual trouble. The spiritual trouble that's caused by our lapses into sin, Christian friend. I also mean that spiritual trouble that's caused by our doubts, our fears, our anxieties, our alarms. And these spiritual troubles, they're very real. And they're most, most painful. Do you know, many of the other troubles that we've talked about there, they can be born when the spirit is strong. But a depressed soul is a fearful thing. In spiritual trouble, all our joy seems to have fled. All our hope seems to have gone. Hymn writer puts it like this. Oh, that I knew the secret place where I might find my God. I'd spread my wants before his face and pour my woes abroad. I'd tell him how my sins arise, what sorrows I sustain, how joys decay and comfort dies and leave my heart in pain. But oh, when gloomy doubts prevail, I fear to call thee mine. The springs of comfort seem to fail and all my hopes Spiritual trouble is a fearful thing, Christian friend. So, we've talked about bodily trouble, family trouble, church trouble, national trouble, spiritual trouble. We could go on and on and on and on defining the kinds of trouble that might come into our lives. But the point is this. Trouble of some kind is the Christian's common experience. Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. But. But. And it's a big but. Actually, it's the biggest but you've seen in your life. In our text here, there's a resource available. A resource that's available. Help. Give us help from trouble. And of course, it's a prayer. It's a taking of ourselves to God's. Matthew Henry puts it very simply. Days of trouble must be days of prayer. This resource. Let's think about it for a moment. What's its nature, first of all? Well, it's God. It's God. God knows all your troubles. That's a very obvious point, but just let it sink in. God knows all your troubles. 
I don't mean you collectively. I mean you personally. You individually. God knows all your troubles and all mine. The creator of the universe, the one who made everything that we know in the space of six days and all very good, and all the things even that we don't know. He knows your individual troubles and mine. He doesn't just know them. He cares about them. He cares about you in the midst of those troubles. I think that's a very humbling thing for us today. That this great God is there and knows and cares. And today, whatever trouble you're facing right now, I'll give you my second guarantee. My first guarantee was trouble will come. My second guarantee is simply this. God can deliver us from our troubles. God can sustain us in our troubles. God can even make the greatest of troubles to be a blessing of the greatest magnitude. And he's a resource that's at hand, not far away. Boys and girls, big people as well. I used to do a children's address in which I told people a fact. And the fact is this. In Northern Ireland, you're never more than three meters, ten feet, from a rat. It's always a good one because you see people starting to shuffle uncomfortably when you say that. But it's true. You're never more than three meters from a rat. Or ten feet, for those of us that think in old money. But here's the point. When you're in trouble, Christian friend, God isn't three meters or ten feet away. He's not two meters away. He's not one meter away. God is right there in the midst of your trouble. We're told that he's a very present help in trouble. He's disposed to help you. He's disposed to comfort you in your trouble. And he's invited us, invited us, Come in every trial, every time of sorrow, and cast all our care upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. And that's the nature of the resource that we're talking about here. A resource whose nature you and I can barely begin to understand. We can only begin to scratch the surface of what this great God is like. This is a resource that's never going to run out. This is a resource that can meet any challenge, any set of circumstances. Nothing, nothing too hard, too big for God to deal with. But don't take my word for it. Take God's word for it. Look at Jeremiah chapter 32 verse 17. Where we're told this, there is nothing too hard for thee. Christian friend, do you believe it? 
Do you believe it? With all your heart, there is nothing too hard for thee. That is the nature of the resource that's at our disposal today. One commentator I looked at said this, the grand design of God and all the afflictions that befall his people is to bring them nearer and closer to himself. Yes, that is the nature of the resource. It's God himself. So, how do we avail of this resource? How do we get this resource? Well, the answer is simple. It's by prayer. Prayer is in this text here. Give us help from trouble. I want you to look at that prayer for a moment. It's not long. It's not laced with very fancy words. It's not arranged in some very skillful way. It's very short. It's a mere fragment. But there's something about it that we need to note. It's this. It's heartfelt. It's heartfelt. This is a prayer of conscious need. We must feel our need. We must implore relief by the earnestness of our prayers. We must long for the help that we're asking for. We must fervently yearn for it. It's a prayer of believing supplication. It's not just asking. It's imploring God to work. In faith, believing in his ability and his willingness to do so. And of course we come through the name of the one who he's appointed to be our advocate, our intercessor, our go-between, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a prayer, a prayer of humble hope. We must expect the deliverance. We must lift up our hearts, we must lift up our eyes, we must look for it, we must wait for it. Look for it as a watchman waits and looks in expectancy for the dawn coming. Christian friend, do you really pray expecting real answers? Do we? And of course our prayers have to be made in a patient submission as well. We can't dictate to God about the way or the timing of our deliverance from trouble or the instruments he should use to bring it about. No. Instead, we need to be submissive and leave all to him. This is the source of mercy for the soul in trouble. It's God's appointed way. And he gives us that great assurance. Hebrews 13 verse 5. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. A common experience. Trouble. A resource that's available. Help. But lastly in this text I want you to notice there's an evident truth. An evident truth. Vain is the help of man. No, good men, good people, they can give us wise advice. Good people can sympathize sincerely and tenderly. They may pray for us and they can be instruments in bringing good to our souls. But they can't sustain us in trouble. And they can't deliver us out of our afflictions. We read it together very clearly there in Psalm 
146 at verse 3. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. No help. I think there's four reasons why there is no help from men. Four reasons why the help of man is vain. First this. The help of man is vain because people can't control our circumstances. People can't control our circumstances. But God can. God can. God raises up. God casts down. God enriches. God impoverishes. God sends prosperity. God sends adversity. God sends joy. God sends grief. All events are at God's disposal. There was a man in the Bible who found this out to be very, very true and acknowledged it in the end. That man was King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar was one of the most powerful men in the world at his time. And yet, God brought him down to the very point where Nebuchadnezzar went out into a field and he ate grass like a wild animal. One of the greatest men in the world at his time was brought to that. You can read about it in Daniel. Look at Daniel chapter 4. Yes, the help of man is vain. All Nebuchadnezzar's advisors and helpers and everything else that he had at his disposal, his great wealth and everything else, could do nothing because God, God alone controls our circumstances. People can't. Secondly, the help of man is vain because people can't drive back our enemies. Oh yes, they may help us with our enemies, physical enemies in this real world if we have them. But our real enemies, Christian friend, are not in this world, as you know. It's the, the evil one going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Our fight, our real enemies are principalities and powers. And people can't help us to resist them. But God can. God can. God can enable us to resist and triumph over them. Yes. And as verse 13 of Psalm 108 reminds us, God can tread down all our enemies. Our enemies in this physical world, our enemies in the spiritual world. Third place, you know, the help of man is vain because people can't turn our afflictions into blessings. People can't turn our afflictions into blessings. But God can. God can. God is able, as that riddle says in Judges 14 verse 4, out of the eater to bring forth meat and out of the strong to bring forth sweetness. God can make the fire purify rather than consume. God can make the strong wind scatter the chaff and leave the good grain. Paul was somebody who just recognized this so clearly. Romans 5 at verse 3, where he says, We glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given 
unto us. Yes, God can turn our afflictions, as Paul says, into blessings. You know, affliction may be lasting, but it's not everlasting. Not everlasting. And fourthly, the help of man is vain because people ultimately can't deliver us from trouble. But God can. God can. Look at Abraham with that knife poised over Isaac. Look at Jacob in fear and trembling going to meet Esau. Look at the Israelites coming to the Red Sea. Look at Daniel in the lion's den. Look at Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in that fiery furnace. Look at Peter in prison. In all these cases, the power of man had nothing, nothing, nothing to offer. But God, but God delivered them all. And he will deliver all who put their trust in him. You know, afflictions. Afflictions are just like a dark entry. A dark entry into our Father's house. But hey, if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, I haven't forgotten about you. I want you to remember this, that your greatest trouble whether you recognize it or not, just at this moment in time, your greatest trouble is that burden of sin that you're carrying on your shoulders. A burden that you maybe just don't even realize is there. It's a burden that comes between you and this great God we've been talking about here. And you can't deal with that burden of sin yourself. And nobody else can do it. Vain is the help of man. We're reminded of that when we sang, there is a green hill. What does it say? There was no other good enough to pay the price of sin. He only could unlock the gate of heaven and let us in. You see, the Lord, through Jesus' son and his finished work, for you and for me, he's allowed us we put our faith, our trust in him to be counted as righteous in his sight and to have that barrier, that barrier of sin dealt with once and for all ask him ask him today to forgive you for those sins and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your saviour even now so let's all learn from this verse Psalm 108 verse 12 Let's recognize our duty to call upon God in trouble. He's begged us time and time again to do so. What a privilege. What a privilege is ours if we do. Psalm 146 verse 5 says, Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. How miserable. How pitiful we are if we fail to call upon him when he's invited us to do so. Let's be thankful and let's praise him with mouth, with heart, with life as we see, as we feel the help he gives us. Psalm 108 verse 12. A common experience. Trouble. A resource that's available. Help. And an evident truth. Aim is the help Amen. May the Lord bless his word to all our hearts this day. And now, 
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and communion of God the Holy Spirit be our portion both this day and forevermore. Amen.